It's catching up time, and I've got Alex Thomas joining me here today. You might be saying, Alex Thomas, name does not roll off my tongue, but you know what? If you've been flying, possibly around Canada, possibly into the UAE, Alex has had a little, he's touched you a little bit probably because he started off his career in technology and him and his partner have been working on some really fabulous technology that has an impact on air traffic controllers. Things happen, things have changed, life gets in the way and Alex has written a book called Man in Motion which we're going to talk about as well but really I want to talk about the process yeah. and talk about the lessons and that's what we're doing today on Catching Up and Alex welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> so now, we've been talking for you know, quite a while leading into this and it's, it's been a lot of fun but yeah. I want to back up because I, I want to first of all you know introduce you to everyone and, and, get, and have that thought. We, we kind of it's it's kind of funny because you you started you know, cut your teeth in technology and and things in Ottawa Gatineau yeah, yeah and I was I was thinking about that today because uh, as we were talking and you were talking a little bit about you know where you were living and things are going on I, I spent so much time in Ottawa myself at two universities there at at, at Carleton and at the U of O. Yeah. And living in that, that valley, oh man, as, as winter's coming along, yeah, date yeah. stamping this a little bit, as winter's coming along, yeah. and we're both here in Dubai, yeah. we both have smalls on our faces. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's pretty inside for anybody. Uh, Ottawa has some pretty extreme conditions, like, you know, probably plus 40 in the, in the yeah, summer with yeah. humidity. And you can you can touch a day in February at minus forty, and uh, and and when people say that sounds cold, and that, that happens, it's just a different thing. I mean, cold stops at around minus twenty, yeah. minus forty. It's it's like Dubai in the summer. It's yeah. just it's just a different thing that you have to experience. Wait, look, we want to talk about your book, sure. But before we do that, okay, I want to back up a little bit because you when when I think about you, yeah. and I think about the book. There's, there's a little bit of a line there, let's say a line in the sand where something happened. Yeah. And I'm not talking physically, but you know, really mentally, yeah. there was a shift. You, you started off your career, and I, I start reading, you know, I'm reading about this phenomenal company that you and your partner set up. Here you were neighbors, yeah. you know, patents galore. And I started reading about the company. I started yeah. reading about what the patents were, and I'm going, yeah. oh, this makes total sense. So yeah. you know, when we talk about tech and we talk about the aviation industry, and we talk about the fact you got to have airports, yeah. you need air traffic controllers, you need to figure out what's going on. And in, and in Canada and, and around the world, there's a lot of little airports that you yeah. can't afford to have an air traffic controller. And you guys set out to find a way to bridge that gap yeah. with technology, <clears throat> which begs the question, Technology is your background. Yeah. How, how did you get started in that world? So, uh, as mentioning earlier, we um, my dad got me a computer when I was uh, seven, what kind? seven or eight. Well, there was the Vic Twenty, uh -huh. uh, and then there was the Coleco Atom, which I think oh, they only Coleco made about Adam. thirty. Of. <laughs> Coleco Atom. <laughs> so, so it was the, the everyone's, everyone's googling right now. Yeah, Coleco yeah, yeah, Adam. yeah, yeah. Like throwback. And uh, what was interesting about the Atom is there was really very little software for it, uh, so you couldn't really. I think there was one or two games to, yeah. to play. And so, in order for me to play a game, a video game. Uh, at that age, I had to go to the library, get a uh, magazine which had computer code in it, and I could actually. So I learned how to code by by doing that way. So, so it it's pretty impressive. Became, 
Yeah, I, I, you know, as you say that, I don't, I don't think it is. I think, I think it's, it's sort of like, especially when you're young, you can yeah. learn so much. I find when you're, you're, you're young and necessity, and, necessity. Yeah, yeah, necessity, and also uh, the nice thing about computers is it's, uh, it's just lo- it's logic, it's rational, yeah. it's being rational, it's language, holding a lot of complexity in your head. Uh, yeah. You know, being disciplined about uh, and accurate and precise about how you, uh, how you communicate. You know, with the computer. Which is interesting because it really influenced probably the way I perceive the world. Is I, I tend to be very precise about language, uh-huh. and I get I get ir- irritated when people are speaking imprecisely, especially in the scientific and technology. Uh, you know, it's a problem. It, it, well, it's it's <laughs> I, I'm I'm okay with I don't know. I'm okay with I think I'm okay. But when you're sort of declarative about these global issues, uh, it's it's kind of wild for me. If you're from the scientific, if you're in the mainstream and you want to say. You know, pick your pick your topic about the pandemic or climate or whatever, and you and you want to say that. But if you're in the scientific community, being humble, I think is vital, uh, and then especially in technology, because I think uh, I, I've basically made a living off other people's arrogance. Like, well, and this is this becomes interesting because then you know we fast forward a little bit, yeah. and you're back in Ottawa, and you've you've you know you've migrated around a little bit. You, know, you spent some time in in, in England, yeah. And yeah. You get back to Ottawa, your next door neighbor. Basically, yeah, yeah. It was funny. Because <laughs> How did you guys meet? How does well, this guy? You're mowing the lawn. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. Well, it was. Uh, it was. We were. We were next door neighbor with some of these row houses, and I remember seeing him for the first time, and just thinking, "This is just." He's uh, Moody. So for people who don't know, my uh, business partner, a fellow by the name of Moody Sheik, and. Um, He's just such an attractive person, like just the personality. Yeah. The he's a, he's a handsome person, and um, I remember my uh, my daughter, my first daughter, had just been born. So this was two thousand, where, where I moved in, and got to know him over the years. And I thought I would love. He complimented me in so much, so many ways, because I, in many ways I'm like not an attractive person. <laughs> oh I'm come not, on, you know. But uh, it's <laughs> yeah, certainly yeah, in conversation, yeah. and, and and you know my attitude, especially back then. I was, uh, and, and even today, I can be quite quite challenging in a relationship. <laughs> You know, again, coming back to the computer part, I, I can, you know, for me, being precise in a conversation is super important. But it's like, I'm, I'm the, it, when you're in relationships, well, what does precision matter, right? <laughs> you know, like, did you really mean so? so oh, so, yeah, I can see yeah, where this is going. Yeah, 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 right, you must right. have had some interesting discussions. Oh, my God, yeah, all my life. And, uh, you know, and so, so it's, it's always a challenge for me balancing that. But what I saw in Moody was this just an amazing, uh, good-natured, good-hearted individual. And I thought... I thought if we ever teamed up, we'd make a, a really decent uh, force in the marketplace, and so we did. We met in a Starbucks, and as where as where all hookups happen, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we met in a start. We well, we, we, we were friends. We had been yeah. friends for a while, but we said, well, let's start a company together, and and uh, so we we sat in the Starbucks. We really had no plan. I, I had I was doing some consulting at the time in air traffic control. And uh, and by the way, just as an it's uh, International Civil Aviation Day today. And oh, I think, is it? I think that's okay. if if anybody uh, any of your listeners want to read up on the formation of ICAO, which is the global organization. It's one of the brightest spots I think in international collaboration still going on today and and the history of since 1944, the Chicago Convention. It, you know, just Google it, Chicago Convention 1944, and this idea that. That uh, these all these countries came together with the idea of knowing each other. That's all yeah. it was. Was yeah. we, we got to create a more friendly place to really get to know one another, and that was the foundation of ICAO. Um, so anyway, so so Moody and I sat down in this coffee shop, and uh, you know, aspiration to start a business. Not too sure what. We had a few different options, and you know, I had the background in air traffic control, and and uh, and his. 
aspiration was he wanted to travel. So, all right, there you, you know, there, there was sort of wasn't really a business plan. And, yeah, yeah. And, uh, that's, a, that's a start. You put that on a napkin yeah, and you're ready to go. And then, and then we just sort of muddled our way through it. And, and thank God, and you're, you're sort of in our early 20s where there's just enough innocence and naivety that you think you don't yeah. actually, te- technically it shouldn't have been done. You know, like it was sort of two guys with no money, no experience. We said, well, we want to we want to change global air traffic. You know, there's, a, there's a better way of doing it. Um, and, uh, and ironically, our first customer was Abu Dhabi. So we, we, uh, we, you know, the, the UAE is incredibly, um, progressive on the world stage when it comes to innovation and, which is amazing, isn't it? Because yeah. we're, we're both come from Canada and we, yeah. you know, they, I mean, nothing against Canada and innovation because there's lots yeah. of great innovation, but it's just slow. It's conservative. <laughs> it's conservative. Okay. conservative. I'm, I'm trying to be nice yeah, here, but yeah, you yeah, framed it nice. Yeah, it's conservative. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a conservative culture. It's sort of, uh, and what was interesting was we pitched it to, uh, to uh, what used to be Transport Canada, which was the governing, uh, the air traffic control agency, then, then NAV Canada, and asked for $10,000 investment to buy the hardware. It's peanuts. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and they said, uh, you know, so again, it's one of these stories, but they said, uh, no, you should actually try doing this in prisons or some, some, some sort of nonsense like that. And, uh, and then Abu Dhabi became a customer and, and mm-hmm. one of the first uh, countries to be doing advanced work in, in this field in, in, uh, in what you said earlier about the air traffic control tower. And uh, our second customer became Germany because we had to stop in Frankfurt along the, on the way to Abu Dhabi. And so, so we ended up getting effectively sponsored by. I, uh, I, I, I heard a great story about this yeah. though. You're you're in Frankfurt. Yeah. You literally have a meeting in yeah. the parking lot. Yeah, yeah. Because you you say, hey, yeah, can we so have a chat? And there's yeah, a yeah, time, like I'm here now. Let's yeah, go and have a chat. So so it's funny. I always, I always wanted to do this. And anybody who's starting a business like this, I learned this from my dad. My dad was uh, in an, in sales. So when he wanted to have a meeting, he would drive to the place. Not not ask for the meeting. He would drive to the place first and then say, call from the parking lot and say, I'm here to have a meeting. Well, we kind of did the same thing. We landed in Frankfurt and said, yeah. called the sort of the government there and said, hey, we're here to have a meeting and ended up getting this meeting. And, and then they yeah, sort of carried us for a couple of years to where we went back to Transport Canada or just, it's NAV Canada at the time. And uh, they ended up buying half the company. Uh, for a lot more than ten thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, and and actually, the the uh, shout out to to, to it's a, it's an incredible organization, and and I and I kind of understand now the the conservatism. So I don't I don't want to yeah. say that. There, I mean, there's a good yeah, yeah. you don't want you no. don't want your airports and your air traffic control to be whimsical and fly by the you know it's yeah. it's a very disciplined industry and and well, I uh, guess in in a sense also I, when I when I started looking at at some of the things that were involved with what you did and some of these different patents that became a really big piece of what you did. I mean, this is, this is a huge investment in, and I'm not talking financial investment, but an investment in, okay, we can do this with tracking systems and yeah. overlays on video and all these things. So that essentially, as I was reading it, I'm going, you can have a remote air traffic control system set up here. Oh, there are, and that's, yeah. that's happening today. So, so, you know, fast forward 20 years from when we started, the company, so, so Nav Canada bought uh, half the company back in, uh, whatever it was, 2010 maybe. And then the other half got bought by the UK Nats, which is the national. Uh, so essentially we had two governments owning the, uh, it's not quite, they're not quite government, but, but, but so, yeah. so two institutions owning this tiny little tech company in Ottawa. We had cut about 30 different countries around the world. So uh-huh. Singapore today is uh, going to actually have a digital air, air traffic control tower. So. 
So yeah, so fascinating journey. Uh, we customers, I got to you know experience customers all around, like cultures all around the world. Now that's sort of what what fascinated me was I love. I love learning about culture and history through the eyes of the people I meet. Particularly, I like talking to old people. Like that's always been my thing. And particularly at the time in the last five years, where I was getting less and less uh, settled in. In you know, this was the this you know the year of uh, U.S. politics being a little wobbly. Yeah. You know, again, we're kind of <laughs> that's a pretty conservative statement. There. Yeah, sort of, this is my new, my new thing. I was being very generous the way I try, try to be very generous the way I speak. So we'll call the U.S. politics being very wobbly. Pre-pandemic, you sort of had a lot of things going on in the world, and and if you're if you're you know catastrophizing, you know if you stay in, in the 1940s, there was really only one way to to really blow things up. And then sort of if you, if you know enough about, you know, not to scare any of your listeners, but if you know enough about technology and, and the decentralization of a lot of things, what's happening is there, there's about 15 good solid paths to <laughs> self-destruct right now. And so, so you know, the, the place I'm at is I'm very in, in uh, you know, I, I just the way I perceive the world, I can, you can kind of look at paths and say, yeah. okay, well, how is this path going to end up? And you sort of look at decentralized you know, you know, gene editing, and you're like, oh, okay, well, where, where, where's that going to go? <laughs> so, so I, I was getting more and more unsettled, and uh, and then I was traveling to China. I was meeting with these, you know, I was, I was sort of ascending in my career, so I was meeting uh, re- reasonably uh, uh, well-connected executives, and and hey, what's your take on what's going on? You know, yeah. and they're looking at me with wide eyes and <laughs> blank face, and well, I don't know either. Like, and, and I felt that's scary. Well, well, what was interesting was the 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 it was the same experience for everybody across mm-hmm. the board. Like, and so I'm meeting people. Um, the common themes were there's a generational thing happening here, and I, I think it's bigger than generational. I think it's something that only happens potentially every few thousand years, even more. As you, you, so, so the way he was. So if I look at my grandparents, so my granddad. So we're backing up here, and just to, just yeah. to reframe this, because yeah. you're you're talking about how you you really love meeting older folks. Yeah, yeah. So I would, I would be so so one of the meetings in particular, and it's just loosely mentioned in the book, was a fellow in Hong Kong, and who was probably about twenty years, thirty years my senior. So he was a grandfather, and and he was talking about this this transition in his culture uh, with this generation coming up. And and that transition he was talking about was very much what was happening in Canadian culture, I think in U.S. culture, basically around the world, probably in African culture. And it's it's something where if you sort of point to, say, say take anybody's grandfather right now of, of our age, or, <laughs> or, or, you know, but but that, that generation, yeah, they yeah. probably live the same way as their grandfather and, and, and sure. on and on and go, I say grandmother as well. Um, Whereas our this generation come out is gonna my experience on this planet is nothing like my granddad's experience and and whoever's coming after me is gonna be nothing like mine so we're living in this era of, of acceleration and change yeah, right and that was sort of a thing a thing it's like oh so the, the the ground beneath all of our feet is shifting and I became kind of fascinated with this underlying thing of hey what's going on here well this is this is this becomes really interesting because you frame this beautifully as I was you know getting to know you yeah. online yeah. and learning you know who Alex Thomas is yeah. and the entrepreneur and the technology and all of these really cool things that you were doing and and I can see it ramping up yeah. and as you said you know the investment in the company and I mean this is a wonderful story like you're yeah. you're that entrepreneur that everyone wants to be and I, and I stumbled across a few quotes <laughs> and and I'm just going to no I I actually I actually pulled them a little bit and I've I've condensed them I'm gonna, okay, but, okay. but the thing is I, there's a point where I'm I'm looking at you yeah. as you're represented online. 
Okay. Because we haven't met. Yeah. We haven't spoken to each other. Right. And, and then I'm, I'm framing that with your book. Okay. And I'm going, hold on a second. Yeah. There's something going on here. And that's where I want to pick this up because here's the three quotes that yeah. really, I think, and, and I've, I've taken pieces of them here, yeah, yeah, yeah. but they really frame who you were versus who this book talks about yeah. who you are. Right. And, and that's where I want to pick up our conversation after these quotes with the transition. What, what yeah. happened? Sure. And there's three quotes in particular. And I take these quotes as I'm looking at them and I'm thinking about them as yeah. the entrepreneur. Yeah and talking about business, and yeah. talking about how we live in this world. And the first one is, you don't look backwards often. And as an entrepreneur, you don't look backwards, you just keep yeah. looking forward, you keep looking where you're yeah. going. The second was, keep running. Keep running. Yeah. Keep running, yeah. don't slow down, yeah. don't look back, yeah. keep running. And the third one is, the lesson is make sure you commit to the right thing. Yeah. And I get the sense from, from your book, and looking back at where yeah. you were, that there was a whole point where you were running, you weren't looking back, you weren't really seeing where things were going, and possibly you had that moment, and you talk about it in the book, that, that, yeah. that, that, it, that what, what do we call it, divine, I don't, I, I think of it kind of like a divine intervention, you got the sure. right, but you got that moment where everything sort of crystallized, and you were yeah. in England, and it all yeah. crystallized, yeah. and you went, oh. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I, when I read that, and I thought about this, you know, are you, are you latching onto the right thing? It was yeah. like, at that moment, you realized, I'm not latching onto the right thing. Yeah, well, it's funny because uh, you're bringing up some, <laughs> some interesting quotes that I haven't seen in a long, long time. And I mean, there's two things. One is the person that is, is online in the business yeah. the, versus the person in the book. It, it, it's, in the book, it's just me standing naked. I mean, that, that's effectively, like what, I was, what was interesting to me was, was uh, if I'm going to do anything, I want to drop, you know, open the commode. This is who I am on yeah. the inside. And I think, because I think, I think what's interesting about me is how uninteresting in a way I am. I'm, I'm so banal in so many areas of my life that, that I think that experience is so common. I think yeah. the, the questions I have are the questions most people have in some way or another. And um, the... The running part was interesting because there's a quote early in the book where I talk about running from wolves. And it's like, you know, we, I, you know, I think I said I was shot out of the womb 45 years ago. And that's what it felt like is, you know, you sort of land a, on the planet and, and there's all these people running. And you say, hey, why is everybody running? And they said, don't, don't ask that question. Like, just keep running with us. And then he said, no, no, you've got to go to school. Well, why do I got to go to school? Well, because you got to learn how to survive. And on and on it goes. You're just so, we're just really being trained yeah. to, to sort of become part of this, our, our society. Yeah. So, so I think a lot of, and it was funny because that influenced me a lot how I raised my children was to almost protect them from education. Like protect them from, you know, when you have a young mind like that, it's sort of, you know, I think, I think philosophically, and I don't know what philosophy this would fall into, but I, I have a sense that if you said, compared yourself to a tree. You know, which is pretty basic. But if you said, "Look, I'm I'm in this body. This is a tree, and I'm more or less like a tree." What does the tree need to grow? Like it needs water, and it needs and and I think it's a lot of the same thing with people. I think everything you need to know, you've got everything inside already. There's an unfolding that's going to happen that doesn't necessarily need to be questioned, but just sort of it, it needs to be nurtured, right? That that sort of unfolding. And I think a lot of what we do is we intervene in, in a lot of points in life when mm. when. Uh, when we ought, you know, and, and so I think, so I think that was the, this sort of questioning as, as I think probably a lot, a lot of people around, around that period in the forties 
where the kids are old enough now where I have time to question. I'm not dealing with diapers. I'm not dealing with crisis after crisis, hockey and all the rest of it, where I can actually slow down. And what was interesting, I think, was my kids are now, we're at that point, we're heading into adulthood. And it's like, what is it? that I can now give them as a father that, that will prepare them for life. Like, what's that one thing I can tell them? You know, like the, the sort of, yeah, yeah. and there's this, this desire as a parent to say, look, uh, here's the project, you know, we're, we're, what I got when I was growing up, you know, work hard, go to church, take care of your family. Um, if you do that plus or minus, you get a C in that, you'll be happy, you know? <laughs> and I did that and I didn't feel like I was getting a C, you know, yeah, I felt yeah. like I was getting an F, you know? And it was sort of this saying that, that, that none of these, None of this feels right to me, and, and I stopped buying into what I'll call the project. You know, where we're, you know, we go around the monopoly board, pass go, make another two hundred. You're the entrepreneur. You're, I mean, you're you're, yeah. you're living the dream. You're yeah. you're meeting up with execs in the parking lot. But, you're signing deals. Yeah, you're... and I think and I think what's interesting is like I, I actually launched a company yesterday, and the, the, that drive hasn't changed, but the understanding of that drive is there, and, and the why I'm doing it is really important. I think that was what was missing is that, you know you could be doing the same thing and have two different kind of motivation. I think understanding that motivation behind why you're doing things i think and, and achieving a level of clarity in your own and for me what i was looking for is a level of clarity so what, what, what was the point where that clarity where you where you got that clarion that just sort of said yeah here it is well the, the, there's definitely there's definitely a point in the book we'll, we'll call it kind of an illumination like but but i'll i'll, I'll take a step back because what, what i'm also curious what was the motivation what 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 made you say because you know we could look around here and we could you know you you sit in a coffee shop and you, you know, you see three, 30 people around tables. They've all got a book in them. Yeah. But none of them are writing the book. Yeah. You, you had the book in you that, that had to be let free. Yeah, I did. I, it was funny because there was a couple of things. One is I've, I've been fascinated with the mystics. So I'll, say, I'll say that as sort of a broad term without really overly defining it. But like, uh, let's take Buddha as sort of the least controversial in, in the names you could probably put out that have a certain special quality to, their, to the way they think. And I've been fascinated with that since I was a child, like, you know, before even programming. So, so there was something innate in me that was drawn to that. And, and, and then I sort of, uh, if, I, if I talk about, and I want to be careful with the terms I use. I'm going to use a lot of terms loosely here, but I'll talk about enlightenment. That, um, for me, is a process. It's an engagement. It's a, it's, it's a dedication to certain, a certain path and a set of practices. And I think some people will be drawn to that. Some people aren't. Some people, if you're if you're drawn to hunting or farming, you know what I mean. Like yeah, I think yeah, there's yeah. sort of a there's. It's not to say it's a better path or it's it's just there, everyone's got a, their own. Yeah, for sure. And and that's so, so for me, I had that in me. This sort of desire, like the the kind of stories that would intrigue me, or that would be the mythological or mystical ones. The, these sort of. Um, you know, uh, you know, if you wanted to spend the next five hours talking about something in the Bible or talk, I'd be fascinated by that conversation. It's, it's to me that's just a, an area of, of interest for me, and it always has been. And probably as I became a dad, I became more. How do I actualize this? Like, Which is a question everyone has. Isn't yeah, it? it's sort of like you know, you have a lot of people talking about. You know, you've got uh, religious figures today that are fairly prominent in in every sphere and uh, some of that conversation is noisy you know <laughs> Again, <I'll> be, <laughs> well i mean and the noise comes from we we attach definitions to yeah it and, and it's 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 also what's really interesting especially after having written the book is when you get into the 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 sort of mystical space it, it, you're now beyond language so right. now you're so now if you if you understand that and you go back and read 
biblical or anything in the Bible or, or a lot of the Buddhist teachings or, or um, any of that, because they're all really talking about the same sort of thing. What, they're, what the issue is, is they're trying to bring somebody in language to a place that's not in language. Right. Um, and that's, a, that's definitely challenging, but it's also, um, for me, when I, I sort of committed to a path, when probably in my early 30s, my kids were starting to get... And I'm like, I just, I want to actualize this. I want to become the most loving version of myself that I can be, you know, daily. And it's a challenge because I'm not a loving guy by default. <laughs> you know, I wake up in the morning very competitive, very, you know, and, and I've, I've kind of a great relationship. Like, thank God for sense of humor, right? So my kids all have a sense of humor. <laughs> so we don't take each other too seriously. And, you know, my, my son the other day says to me, uh, we got in the car together. He says, so, so who got in the car today, Jesus or the devil? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so he yeah, picks yeah. up on it. So, so in a way, and we can laugh about that. But there is, there is definitely this thirst that I've always had for for those sort of. Um, and what I did notice is once I committed to these, uh, this, these, this kind of unfolding or this learning, is uh, in the spiritual kind of space. I started to weed out. You know, these are. This is an interesting teacher, and you kind of start going. And I'm sure it's the same. Like I said, I haven't been to school, but I'm sure it's the same in school where you start to see. Well, this teacher doesn't know what they're talking about, but this yeah. one does, and you, you kind of gravitate. And then I noticed a few years ago that I wasn't finding a lot of teachers anywhere. I kind of got to a point where, oh, I think I'm I'm near the end. And if you if I do think there's a progression in in this, and I do think that you know a little bit like karate, I think there's it's it's not quite you know a belt system, but I think there's ways of perceiving and interpreting life and actualizing this in your own life and there is a sort of high point to that journey and i felt that that was coming and when i started writing I probably even though i couldn't articulate it at the time when i was moving to dubai i felt that that point of illumination was coming and i said well i want to start writing and when that point of illumination comes there'll be an interesting story in there somewhere and the, the point of illumination did come i, I probably accelerated a little bit <laughs> uh you know partly because i think some of the the, the modern era is very difficult to, you know, I mean, it, uh, if you could sit six hours under a Bodhi tree, um, I don't think the Buddha in 2022 sits six hours under a Bodhi tree. You know what I mean? I don't think, I think it's, it's, it's just the, the dynamics of the way we receive information, the way our, our brains, I think, have fundamentally changed in the last century. Um, so I think to, to sort of achieve that level of uh, deep consciousness, it's, it's much harder today than, than it would have been a thousand years ago. Um, so I felt that, that, that point of illumination coming, um, and I'm saying this with a certain amount of hindsight, I probably didn't, I wouldn't have been able to articulate that when I started writing, but I started writing, I was writing about the upheaval that was going on in, 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 in my culture, the lack of sort of uh, direction that I could give to my children and that something spiritual is going to happen here. You know, you feel, you sort of have this feeling yeah. and, and um, we're moving to Dubai and Dubai for me is a very spiritual Place. I know for a lot of people, it's a tourist. Well, a lot of people think very differently. Yeah, it's. I, 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 I sometimes wonder if yeah. it's not we we attach the name Dubai to the entire country. Yeah, and and I'm sure your experience is like mine. Is like, yeah, there's a portion of Dubai that is tourism based. There's a oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. but you know, you you but drive it, it, yeah. 12 minutes uh, down the road yeah. and. You're in a very different space. Oh, for sure. And it, but it exists on a substrate yeah. of of, uh, of uh, Islam, um, and you you know you can't go. You know, I, I, I was mentioning this to a reporter the other day. Is I'll, I'll be driving along the highway and I'll see a you know a person pulled over to pray, praying yeah. into the sunset, and that moves me. Like yeah. so, you're seeing or or you'll be in a meeting and and says, oh, well, we got to stop the meeting. I got to go pray. And so it's that's it's normalized within the culture here, and I crave that because that that's something that that I think 
I think Canada, uh, when we talk about some of the changes in the culture, I think I think we, I think the, the sort of secular movement glossed over a lot of uh, treasure. Like there, mm-hmm. there's this sort of a there's sort of a almost you can you would get rid of, if you would get ridiculed a little bit, you know, politely, yeah, you know, yeah, but yeah. it'll be this sort of if you were to say, look, I'm going to go pray. There's a sort of diminishment of that, but it's actually to me, it's the, the sort of the highest form of living. Um, and it took me a while to get to that place. So I, I kind of wrote the book with that intent. It was sort of, look, there's a lot of people that are secular right now that have written off religious practice. And, and so, so you can read the book without really knowing it's a book about spirituality and religion, I think. I, you know, other than a yeah, couple yeah. of parts. Like, it's not overt. It's, it's the way I like to sort of express this. Because I think... I, 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 when, yeah. when I was going through portions of the book, I definitely got that feeling that... Yeah. You know, it was there, yeah. and and you could interpret that yeah. way, or depending on where you are in your own yeah. path, it it could be taken a completely different way. For sure, both of them offering the same similar message, yeah. but how you're interpolating it, things. It, I think that's the, the, to me, it's the book I wanted to read probably ten or fifteen years Isn't ago. Isn't that the key? Like, you you yeah. wrote the book you want to read. Yeah, like to me, it's like if you sort of look at you know again, we'll take some of the the big figures without mentioning any. I, I, I don't like naming the names because you get it gets people comfortable. Yeah. We'll just say that the mystics, and I mean, there's been saints. There's been and you read some of their writings, and you're thinking, man, these these people were scintillating with love. Like that, we'll say we can say that. Like they had yeah. a, a love and understanding of humanity that was just scintillating. And and so and. Uh, and I'm like, but when you read the snippets of them, so you see a Buddha, for example, and you think, well, man, that, that guy was every day happy and joyful, and you're like, and I'm like, no, he wasn't. <laughs> you know, show me, show me the moment the Dalai Lama stubs his toe. You know, yeah. I want to see that moment. Yeah. I want to see the humanity, and and what's needed. One of the some of the biblical stories in the Gospels, you you see that a little bit in the portrayal of. Uh, of Jesus, you know, where he gets really upset with the tree, and now modern interpretations sure. of all kinds of things. But if you actually just look at it as, a, as a, in the story form, you say, well, there's a guy who's hungry who comes, and there's a date tree, and there's no dates. He's yeah. upset. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, so to me, that the beauty is in capturing both ends of of the spectrum of divinity is the the savage and the and the divine in the same person. And I tried to convey that in in the book because there's a, a part of me that's incredibly uh, aspirational and, and and in the right moment and on the right day it's magic I, I can say something or feel or express this is or be, this is your son in the morning getting yeah, in the car yeah, yeah, right <laughs> I can I can be so incredibly pleasant and because I, I I say that because I think it's the same thing with everybody is is there's a there's this sort of uh, this butterfly trapped in in this body of a monkey right and and I think there's just, there's something beautiful about that this sort of um, uh, you know, I, I'll say like you, you know. Sometimes you'll hear uh, talk about the divine as sort of an expression of I am. You know, and there's the, to me when you think about I am, it's just this exuberant statement. And you say that you know this this fabric of everything we experience is a fabric of exuberance, right? I just am. You know, and I think there's something so uh, romantic about this this that that you look at our relationships. Not, nothing is meant to work easy, right? You look at <laughs> A man and a woman, and the, the asymmetry in that relationship, and every how much 
love you need to get through a few years of marriage, let alone a few decades, you know, because that's the only path through it. Because it's not, you know, it's, it's yeah. so much easier. I mean, you know, any, any for guys to get along or for, you know, you'll hear about a girl's night, you know, just it's so much easier in a way. And then, but to sort of be consistently in that one entanglement for a long period of time, it's just designed not to work, right? <laughs> So you think to overcome that and, and to sort of let go, you know, the, this that that to me the, the book centers a lot around relationship as well and that asymmetry and this idea of uh, I, I use my grandparents kind of metaphorically a lot, but where they had got to fifty years of marriage uh, plus and and uh, just this fascinating couple, but the intensity of that love that they felt for each other, and I and I tell a lot of people, especially young newlyweds and things that I don't think the love, the love comes until five or ten years. I don't think what you're experiencing, right? I think you're experiencing exuberance and desire and passion, the excitement about maybe having kids or going on these adventures. But I think the love comes when you're looking across from each other. And, and the first was when I cannot stand the way you eat your cereal, you know? <laughs> That's the start of your journey into love, right? Yeah. That, that If you commit to that, and then you're, because you have to, the, 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 this idea of marriage is, you you have to give up a part of your identity to, to for the whole, right? And mm-hmm. and that's your first kind of. And if you do that, and it's hard to give up part of your identity. You're giving up part of your freedom. You're giving up, and sometimes a lot more the longer it goes. And but if you do that, it's the, the the end product that that unified kind of couple, you know, occasionally when when one makes its way through, I feel <laughs> I feel like anybody that has this beautiful relationship with me, like we all should all pause, right? We should all sort of pause and celebrate, and and it's no diminishment to anybody who doesn't yeah. make it because most don't, you know. Yeah, it, yeah. It's it's so so when we do see it, that's something worth celebrating, you know. Yeah, it's funny because just what you're talking about, and and this just a side note, but I I think about those couples, yeah, and the enormous pressure that they put on everyone else. Yeah. And it's, it's in a sense, it's, you know, we've made it. We've, yeah. we've found the way to accept each other and yeah. take on. And as you said, so many don't make it. Yeah. And then, and you know, you got your own kids who are looking at the relationships and going, how'd they do it? Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you think, you know, when you, when you think about the book yep. and you talk about this butterfly in a cage, and this butterfly being let free, and that's what helps to that that freeness being, you know, looking around the world and looking at what's going on and thinking a little bit more about it outside of the structures of our societies. Yeah. Do you think, in a sense, this book becomes that that invitation to people to start doing this? I hope so. I hope so because I I think what I wanted to do is illuminate the path my own path through just a way of storytelling of here's all my accidents and mistakes and mishaps and uh but there's some incredibly loving moments as well and i think that that's the commitment is the the sort of the very least you get when you get on this sort of religious spiritual mystical path is you're increasing your net ability to experience love like Mm. that's sort of what and when i think about culture today particularly in the west is how many people are walking around today that have never experienced love so, so you take a couple of parents who are just graduating with debt. You know, they have a they have a child. Mom, after 24 hours, gets kicked out of the hospital with uh, a, a plastic parity bottle on a box of mesh underwear, right? And mm-hmm. so she's alone. And then dad is sort of so. So we've got a situation. So there's so it starts under under duress right off the get go, and there's there's information assault on everybody. You know, all these choices about. 
this is right and this is wrong and you should feel this way or that way. So, so you're kind of, we're under, under siege in a way with information. And how does that translate into nurturing for the child? So, so we've got a generation of children that have grown up today that have, have experienced what in any other era would be a shock to, to the consciousness in, in terms of what they've seen, what they've, their senses have taken in online and things, things that they should have never, you know, and so, yeah. and then there's a frailty that goes with that, that if that's what the world outside me looks like, where there's these barbaric and wild kind of things that, that happening, I, you, you kind of go inside, like, I don't want to be any part of that. I kind of, you, or you join a cult, or you just, yeah. find, you know, you find, you find your soul. Yeah. Song, but I, I wonder about that. How many people have never experienced love? How many people have never experienced, well, I'll even call reality. Like how many people have never been in a forest and, and I think that's something that I hope that if, if people do see this, do read this book and get a little snippet, especially as parents, that if you get on this path, there, there's so much in there. And even if you don't get, you don't need to get to some point of illumination. You know, I'm, a, I'm obsessive, like point, you know, like I'm a high drive person. So if, if somebody talks about a mystic, I want to know more than the mystic and I'm committed and I'm arrogant enough to think I can't. And so, but you don't need to get to that point. You can, you'll, you'll get a net increase in your ability to, to experience love on day one. I, I'm, I'm interested in the pandemic yep. and the role the pandemic played in this book because there's a, there's, you know, there's that pre-post future yeah. thing going on. Well, it's interesting. Like if, you know, you want to talk like interesting uh I think, I think it was Young that talked about divine synchronicities and things like that. But you've got like two phenomenon going on. And I, I'm going to draw something here that's not, we're going to get a little whimsical here. But you've got the pandemic and the movie The Joker that released at the same time. right? And, and what's phenomenal about, if you, if you look at uh, cartoon or, or comic books, you, you look at Joker as an interesting figure from, I think, the 30s all the way to now. And the different aspects of the this this character changed quite a bit and and you look at the society at the time of of how the joker was portrayed you know everything from you know outright villains uh, psychopath to somewhat sympathetic anti-hero yeah. to uh, in 2019 the hero of the movie and, and what's he heroic for burning society down <laughs> you know and so you think well that's an expression of the culture that says look there's something not we're not happy with the culture right and at the exact same time you've got this pandemic so they're both kind of like spreading around the world at the same time one's an idea and one's a virus and and it almost i felt like it bought us some time i felt like we were racing towards a cliff edge, frankly. I, I, certainly it was that, that's in part a projection of my own life because I was racing. Um, you were racing, you weren't looking back. I wasn't looking back. I mean, there was a little bit of venture, you know, but, yeah. but, but, but in terms of my actions were, were in, in certainly there was a straight line and, and towards more, you know, it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't. And, um, and so I think when the pandemic happened, there was, I mean, Dubai was probably one of the best countries to have lived through a pandemic. <laughs> and I think if you're, Absolutely. I think, I think shout out to the leadership here. I think it's been one of the most, I think, I, I hope, by the way, if, if, there's a, if there's a book to be written about this period that they do compare and contrast leadership and decision making across all these world governments. Because I think Dubai nailed it uh, in, across, across the board, the humility that they approached the, the entry point of this situation and all the way through. But anyways, so... 
so, so the pandemic, so we, we shut down for six weeks. Well, there's nothing going on for six weeks, right? And, and there's nothing, you know, I, and in the book I mentioned you're captain of a ship that's not doing any shipping, you know? So, yeah, so yeah. Does, what decision are you going to make today, boss? <laughs> so global aviation shut down. Um, and so it, it did give me a chance to, to reflect. And I think it gave a lot. I think we're hearing about the Great Resignation. I think that it gave a lot of people... A, a window into family again it, it and and it brought me to 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 sort of i think back to you know the times where you and i grew up and, and this isn't in any way a lament but something important happened in our culture in in 1992 and that was it was the end of sundays mm-hmm. so sunday uh, for for people that that, that were in canada in 1992 sundays were the worst day of the week <laughs> it, as a child because because what sundays were was there was barely any tv on i mean we only had three channels there, all the stores were closed. I think you had a few select pharmacies yeah. and different yeah. areas that were, that were open. And so it was either you went to church begrudgingly, if you were me, uh, or you spent it with family. And I, or you went that, to church and then spent it with family. family, family <laughs> which, which were, so, so again, as somebody who was sort of fairly active, uh, that, that, that to me always sounded, Sundays sounded like punishment. Looking back, I, I can string all of those Sundays together and they were so warm. The yeah. texture of those memories is so warm and rich. Uh, and I think there are no more Sundays in, in North America. There's no more day in the week where there's a natural break, uh, yeah. where you're not, you know, if you're in, if your kid's in hockey or piano, there's always movement, right? And so, so you get to sort of this ancient biblical wisdom that, that's thousands of years old and it's across every, every uh, culture about the importance of that one kind of special day. Um, and it, the pandemic felt like a forced kind of Ramadan on, on yeah, the whole yeah. world. It was sort of like, you guys are going to like take a little time out here and think. And I, and I think I'm, I'm one of many, I think, that, that will have had this similar kind of uh, experience. And I, you see it on LinkedIn. You see a lot of people changing cultures. And so, so what was interesting in, in my journey was there was the book, and then there was a reentry into what we'll call normal uh, entrepreneurship, but with the with an accent, with, an, with a, a sort of a clear-cut um, drive and attitude that's in balance and harmony with, with my set of values now that are somewhat different than, when, than before the pandemic. When, where do you see it going? I mean, you, you, the book's done. You're obviously, you know, it, it, it ends, but it doesn't end. Where do you see things now as you're, as you're looking at what's happened, as you're looking at this re-entry process this rethinking yeah. process where, where do you do you think we i guess the leading question would be do you think we've taken advantage of the time or do you think well, we've I, squandered it i do think we've taken advantage of the time because i i think there's some you know again if you catastrophize a little bit it's not that difficult to project a few outcomes here that were were pretty pretty significant you know and and and, 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 and there were some world events going on in 2019 that if you're paying attention were uncomfortable and um, I do think there's a, a, a larger undercurrent. I'm, you know, uh, eternally optimistic about this, but I think there's <laughs> an incredible undercurrent with what I'll call the divine feminine. I think I see this swell of young women um, coming up that have something to say, have an experience. And if you look at across uh, all the religions, predominantly they're male figures, right? And that's a very... There's a, a huge difference between the, I think, a male interpretation, and if you even if you take sort of something like the Bible, where uh, and you you just read it in a feminine voice, 
the messaging starts to sound different. It sounds much more nurturing. And some of these things, you know, and I, and I was telling somebody this yesterday, the, the difference between a father's love and a mother's love are very, can, the father's love can feel angry. It's still love, but it's coming from a place of, I need to protect you from you, right? Yeah. And whereas the, the, the mother's love maybe is a little more generous. And um, so I, I do see that happening. I think that's a, there's a groundswell there in uh, just full stop, the, the divine feminine. And bring in that aspect, like leading leading the path back to a, a more harmonious kind of religious space, and, and uh, in, across all the major um, outlets of, of, of this kind of thinking. And I think I think we're going to see a resurgence there. Um, and I do think that um, the West, in particular, is in a period of transformation. I think that's there's there's a sort of you know my my my. Uh, it can't. It can't keep getting. It can't accelerate much more than it already is. The amount of change we're coping with on a, on an almost daily basis, and and, and massive change, right? In, yeah. in terms of disruption. So, so I think there's going to be a reckoning in in that sense, and what a positive one in the sense that there's these institutions need to come down. I mean, we look at the media, <laughs> yeah. right? Well, you look at, like, and this is all due respect to some amazing uh, journalists. The media model doesn't, uh, news media yeah. particularly, doesn't, doesn't, work. doesn't work. So, so we've got to reckon with that. Now, now, now you see these outlets coming out, Substack, you, the, the, this sort of form of truth telling that is much more, I find much more humane. Right. I mean, there's you and I met each other an hour ago and there's nothing yeah. we can express our truth. And if somebody wants to, if it resonates with somebody, I think that's phenomenal. Like what what amazing gift technology is in that sense. So I think we're going to see those kind of changes. Uh, decentralization of power. If you look at, you know, that that's the one that probably has the most potential for the gnashing of teeth. Right. Because you've got the, the bitcoins and the, the sort of, you know, that's that kind of transfer of power has never happened before. Yeah. Well. <laughs> How do you think the book could resonate with with our high school graduates and and kids in school? Because it's one thing you and I talking you know about what? this. I it was funny because one of the the people I've connected most with so far were young women, and That's interesting. Uh, yeah, it's funny because the guys that I sent what I originally thought who would read the book were my 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 friends and colleagues in business, and almost universally flat response from. From my friends and, and my my guy friends, which is all, which is which isn't odd, but it's it well, makes you kind of go, okay, hold on a second. Well, What's going I'm not on I'm not talking about how to improve your golf score. I'm right. not going to tell you how to make more money. Yeah. You know, like those are so, yeah. so so so. If you're in that category, they'll definitely don't buy that book. But I think one of the comments uh, that somebody was a young Islamic woman who said, you know, I got your book. All I read is about uh, women, Muslim women. Fashion, I think, it was something, and and she said, and so I see this thing, and it's a some, and she said, well, you're you're this white guy or whatever, <laughs> yeah. and I had no interest, and I by the second page it resonated. So I think, I think, and and I had another young woman who was stay, saying that she got closer to her parents after reading the book, and I think mm -hmm. for for a young person to to see their parents, because I'm, I'm a parent, and to see their parents more humane, a little more humanely, to see that they're probably a lot more confused than you think they are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're just sort of holding on and, and they don't want to like put that struggle onto you, but to sort of, to, so for young people who today, you know, the average young person today, I mean, you have to, they're coming out of this with more information, essentially individual power than at any point in history. Like these, yeah. the, the amount of empowerment that's available to a young person today 
to uh, to learn to to master. You know, you can learn oil painting and yeah. you know any from masters basically. Like this, uh, you can learn mysticism from mystics. Like you can, you know. So so the amount of the, what's available to youngsters today is, is astounding. And so they're not, you know, an eighteen year old is not an eighteen year old anymore. You're you're, you're just like what would would equivalent be a four year old person in, yeah. in, in any other century. What's next? Well, I, I, I definitely the writing. I, I had passion about writing. Uh, you've got the bug now? Like you've got more stories that just... Oh, you, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah f- stories and, and exploring storytelling. Like I, I think yeah. the, the um, you know, this, it took really... The, the first version of this book was written in about three months. Uh, and then it took another 18 months of editing to really pare down... And I, that process fascinates me. So, so how to tell a good story, how to bring people from beginning to end, you know, that's an art form that I, I'd like to continue. To, I'd like to try to master that skill. You know, I think I see, I see great books, I think, and, I'll, and I'll, I, I read a lot of the greats. And I think, wow, you know, to, to ascend to that level of communicate, you know, you were talking about communicate, but to communicate. And, and there's something special in a book that you can only do in a book, that you can't do in a movie, you can't do in conversation. And there's a little bit of that, at least some, some attempts at that in this book. And so, so that, but, and, and the writing I like to do is, is, is grounded in this monkey reality that I have. <laughs> which, which, you know, so, so this, you know, when you, you sort of, when you see these mystical figures also, you're, you're like, well, yeah, it's easy to be a mystic when you're sitting up on top yeah. of a mountain yeah. or, or spend 40 days in, in that, but, but try doing it in, 20, in 2021 when you, you're, you're threatened on all sides by modern living and, and, you know, these information assaults and, and the general anxiety that goes around with the caffeinated public and, <laughs> you know, and yeah, you look yeah. at, you know, you look at the general, the amount of profit there is in the sickness today, you know, yeah. and so it's like this huge like, sense. Yeah, I know people just get overwhelmed and it's just like, I, I just, I don't have time. I don't yeah, know what to do. I don't know what to think. Yeah. And then, it's, uh, it's maximum agitation. And so, so to be, what, what I hoped like it was to be a quiet voice in amongst this crowd and, and then to, to sort of build people that enjoy that type of thinking and those kinds of perspectives and and so i've 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 got a few things on the go from a writing point of view that i'm 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 developing slowly and i'd Uh like to every couple of years release a you know almost the opposite of twitter release one thought that takes me two years to craft into to this many pages which is the opposite of what where the world we're living in where everything is fast on demand get it out get it there and yeah it's like no let's think about this a little bit and and let's let's Take a moment to think about it as we're yeah. paging through things. Well, I think I think that that's a right style in the margins. Of, yeah, so, so I think that's a style of of action that's that has to come back. You know, you look at you know whether it's a Senate body that that's sort of the custodians, and I think there's a little bit at the time we're living through too. Is you've got a uh, for the first time I think with the baby boomers, it was the first generation that wasn't really they weren't really stewarding and aren't really stewarding. Um, so if I look at my role as I hit head into my 50s, not quite there, but as I kind of head into that, what I ought to be thinking about is where, where are we planting the trees for the generations three or right. four down the road? What are the institu- What can I do to help the institutions, you know, be there for for 30 or 40 years? And and so when we talk about the new company, that's what I'm doing. Is is there's some things that I can do with technology that are still in that space of global aviation? that will help preserve and extend the, the institution that, that gave me a good living. And I mm. think that's a commitment that I have within that space. So, um, so yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. Very exciting. Yeah. I've had a lot of fun. Oh, me too. I, I, gotta, I gotta say, this, is, this has really been exciting. And 
I look forward to having this conversation again. Oh, oh I, I mean, and you know, we can, we can maybe we can sit down and, and go through more pages of the book as well. Yeah, I'd love that. I'd love that. But exactly. uh, exciting. Thank exciting. you very much. And we'll we'll do it all again really soon. Perfect. Alex Thomas joining us to talk about his book, Man in Motion. You want to go find it? I love the I love the the subtitle, A Suburban Tech Guy's Journey into Love and Wisdom. Alex, thank you. Thanks, James. <laughs>